eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Travis Ryer of the BamaOnline.com staff from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where tonight the Alabama Crimson Tide got back on the right side of things in its series, its rivalry with the LSU Tigers, 55-17 to winners over LSU in what was a surreal event and a surreal year, as we know, to this point in 2020, but Having attended so many of these games between these two teams on a Saturday night in Baton Rouge at Tiger Stadium, uh, really weird, really different. That's the only way I know to sum it up. I know it's been that way throughout the season. Just look at last week with an Iron Bowl played in front of 20,000 people in a 100,000-seat stadium. But the main thing, the Alabama Crimson Tide runs its record to 9-0, and exacts some revenge over the LSU Tigers. A lot of talk about that. Throughout the week, as we know, some comments, some celebration, some things that uh, even heard Nick Saban, I thought, in his postgame comments to CBS refer to winning with class, he said in that postgame interview. But we did hear from Nick Saban via Zoom teleconference after the game. Uh, also, uh, Devontae Smith after just another performance that leaves you shaking your head. You know, you look at the last six quarters or at least going into halftime tonight after he had amassed 219 receiving yards in the first half that pushed him to 432 in his previous six quarters and the four quarters from a year ago the two quarters going into halftime tonight Devonte Smith just a matter of time at this point in terms of the 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 total record book or the primary records that you uh, sort of focus on for him at the receiver spot, especially receiving yards coming up here pretty quick now with Amari Cooper there at the top and Devontae already having the uh, touchdown reception numbers to himself. But just a magnificent performance. Uh, what? Mac starts out 12 of 12, something like that. Uh, 11 of 11, I believe, at one point for 243 and three touchdowns. So you get to halftime and uh, it's looking like Alabama might score 90 tonight in Baton Rouge. And uh, you've got a 300-yard passer at the half. You've got a 200-yard receiver at the half and a 100-yard rusher in Najee Harris. So we're talking about things that 
typically, if you do over the course of a game against a just solid opponent, uh, that's saying something. But to do it uh, against LSU and understanding this is rebuild mode for LSU this year, one year after a national championship, this team looks nothing like that team. We all wondered aloud after that national championship season and understanding the mass exodus that can hit a program, would Ed Orgeron, would LSU be able to sustain? And uh, at three and five now after tonight's loss, I think we've more than got our answer to that question, at least for this year. We'll see. Uh, But as far as Alabama goes, uh, gave up a couple of big plays there uh, that went resulted into touchdowns. Uh, Keishon Butte's 43-yard reception, he celebrated a little bit earlier, early in dropping the ball before the goal line, but uh, John, John Trey Kirkland for LSU with a heads-up play covers it. First touchdown for LSU in Baton Rouge against Alabama since the first quarter of the 2014 game at Tiger Stadium. Malachi Dupree, remember Malachi? Yeah, he had a touchdown catch against Alabama here six years ago. That was the last touchdown in the series in a home game for LSU, but followed that up. John Emery uh, strikes from 54 yards out. You know, Nick Saban post game, as you might expect. Couple of busts there uh, that were probably more secondary related than anything else. Uh, you had a miscommunication between Daniel Wright and Josh Job on a corner fire. That left Butte pretty much wide open on the first touchdown. The second one, uh, Malachi Moore, right before the snap, it looked like he ran out of position. And so when Emory cut it up, you know, they just didn't have the numbers over there, and that turned into a big play. But I think it was, in the run game anyway, the Alabama defense, other than Emory there in the second quarter had two carries that totaled 74 yards, the 54-yarder and a 20-yarder. Other than those two carries, the rest of the night, I think it was 24 rushing yards on 25 carries for LSU. And they all count. I understand that. I'm not saying that. You got to eliminate the big plays, the explosive plays. Uh, But five sacks for this Alabama defense. It looks like Will Anderson has gotten a taste for those sacks. Uh, and was in on a couple more tonight. I thought DeMarco Hellams came in and did well once again. Came in for uh, Daniel Wright after Wright got flagged for the targeting there in the first half and was lost for the remainder of the game. Hellams comes in, ends up tying for the team lead. Had a really nice pass breakup on a deep ball there. I believe it was in the second quarter as well. So you saw some good things defensively. You had a little bit of a flashback to Ole Miss when you saw the two explosive plays almost back-to-back there in the first half. But Alabama cleaned things up pretty well, produced a turnover uh, off a er- Eric Gilbert fumble uh, there in the second half. So, um, you know, you win by, what, 38 on the road at Death Valley? You'll take that. I still don't think it was enough for some Alabama fans, but, you know, after the game, Dylan Moses, Devontae Smith, a couple of Louisiana guys, uh, did confirm that it was a bit chippy out there tonight and sort of expect that too. Uh, but Mac Jones, once again, just uh, stellar performance. Again, over 300 yards in the first half. Devontae with a catch for the ages there late in the second quarter to cap a three-touchdown first-half performance. And, you know, look, there's a lot of talk about Devontae in terms of where you put him with all-time greats at his position at Alabama 
you know, where do you consider him in the Heisman race? For me, as a wide receiver, he's the best wide receiver in Alabama football history. Now, I haven't seen them all. I didn't see Don Hudson, obviously. Um, you know, my formative years of football were about the time Ozzie Newsom was moving on to the National Football League when we talk about pass catchers. But I saw David Palmer. I've seen Julio Jones. I've seen Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. Uh, you know, DJ Hall's a guy that if you want to look at numbers, I know it wasn't the, the most... Um, it wasn't the prettiest of exits for DJ Hall there at the end of his career, but DJ had some big years uh, in the aughts there. And so, you know, there's some impressive names on those lists, but to me it's got to be Devontae at this point at the very top because he's going to have the numbers. If the numbers aren't enough for you, he's going to have the biggest catch in Alabama football history, second and 26. He's on the receiving end of that. And then, you know, he's going to have catches like the one he made tonight. And he could he's made all the catches, deep ball. He, he showed you everything tonight. You know, he took a big shot early in the game. And you think, well, maybe that'll get LSU going. No, it, it didn't bother Devontae at all. And that sort of just summed up who he is tonight. You know, one of his first touches, he just gets rattled across the middle. But he just ends up coming back and getting over the top a couple times, making a hellacious grab there in the end zone. And, you know, he does it all. He does it as a blocker. It's not just the pass-catching aspect of it with Devontae Smith either. So uh, Devontae, again, moving towards cementing his status there in the record books. Uh, but also, again, just in terms of the eye test, this guy does it all. And a lot of his best work right now is being done without Jalen Waddle with him. So everybody knows who Alabama wants to go to and he's doing it in a season in which it's a 10 game regular season and as we know it's all SEC games. So he didn't get Kent State this year. You know, he didn't get some of those games and you know when you look at what Devontae's done, his four career 200-yard games now, I mean they were all against SEC teams anyway. Um, Ole Miss, two against LSU now. Um, was it Mississippi State, the other one? Yeah. The Mississippi schools and LSU, Devontae loves them. But, you know, it's been this stretch now over four games where he's averaging now in a four-game stretch nearly 200 receiving yards per game. And, you know, it. I think it's a, it's a justified question and comment about his Heisman viability. Uh, but we know, again, that it's a quarterback award. If it truly went to the best player in college football, you'd have a hard time not going with Devontae Smith. But for whatever reason, uh, it has long become a quarterback award. You've actually had a couple Alabama running backs win the Heisman in this century, uh, which is, you know, that's saying something because just about every other winner in the century, other than Reggie Bush, and uh, what, 2006 or so, he had his vacated. Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, Reggie Bush, pretty much everybody else is quarterbacks in this century. So that's what the award is. But if we are talking about the best football player, we've had this discussion before, because Devontae, it's not only about being the best receiver in college football. Uh, he is averaging 17 yards per punt return. Uh, he covers punts. And, you know, a, a blocking, all those things. 
And when you think about Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith could be Charles Woodson. You don't think Devontae could go over to defense and play some corner, play some star? Heck yeah, he could. I mean, he's that type of football player. It's not just a receiver thing with Devontae Smith. Hey, uh, Will Reichard, a couple more field goals for you. Keeping that thing perfect. Nice to see from Will Reichard. Uh, but if you got anything for me, it's late night in Baton Rouge. It's late night. Jeff does not like Devontae Smith returning punts, he says. No to the returning punts. You did see Slade Bolden get back there uh, later in the game, too. So maybe that's going to go back to Slade, although Slade had a fumble again tonight that he lost, and that can uh, make it hard for coaches to uh, to uh, trust you enough. I guess. So when you talk about who they put back there to return punts, first and foremost, is someone they trust to field the ball cleanly and secure the ball. What else do we got tonight, gang? I'm just hanging out in Baton Rouge, man. You know, perfect night for football, by the way. You know, John, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of hope and a lot of talk that maybe Waddle would get back for a national championship game scenario. Um, but I, I, I would just continue to say uh, hope for the best, but expect what you got to be what you got. If you're getting, you know, in some type of scenario where he could play in a national championship game or something like that, great. But uh, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pin all my hopes on it. Um, Paul, I haven't heard exactly yet for next week with Arkansas. We got a comment that the defense regressed. I would agree for those two series. I mean, when you look at the stretch that Alabama's had defensively over the last four or five games, uh, six games, yeah, that was not a good two-series stretch at all. You know, again, you had a couple of mental mistakes, and so um, that went a long way in that. Bobby, you know, it's a great question about Mac in terms of whether or not this is it for him or does he – Stay. Um, you know, there's a couple different ways to look at it. And um, this is a quarterback class, I guess. You know who you've got at the very top uh, with, uh, you know, with the guys that, that are Justin Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously. Zach Wilson at BYU's kind of played himself into the conversation. Uh, then you start getting into some, you know, guys like Mac and, you know, you get into that four, five, six range, and I, I really couldn't tell you right now what Mac Jones is thinking as far as next year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if Mac would be a first-round pick. You see some mocks with him right now. Uh, but I'll tell you, being there tonight, and Devontae's great. And, and, and there's no doubt, Devontae, look at the one-handed catch. I mean, he's going to help any quarterback. 
he plays with. But the thing I couldn't have imagined even a couple of years ago is the deep ball ability that Mac has developed. Not that he was ever sort of this noodle arm, uh, but this dude throws a legit deep ball. And uh, as much as anything, it's not even about the physical aspect of it. It's the the instinct for doing it. He knows when to let it go. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you'll see Alabama receivers on double moves, and before they can even really get out of the double move, that ball's already out there. Larry's asking about the running back from Oklahoma. Uh, you talking about Jace McClellan, who was uh, committed to Oklahoma, freshman at Alabama. I thought he looked good late. He did some nice things. That second-team offensive line did some good things once again. And look, if we're going to talk about Mac and we're going to talk about Devontae and Najee, and we should, I thought Alabama's offensive line tonight, it was... They made it easy, too, you know. Marco says Florida is not beating Alabama. Now, Florida's an interesting team. They've got some explosiveness in their own right. they got some uh, – Kadarius Toney is a really exciting player. Kyle Pitts, obviously, is a matchup issue. Speaking of which, Jalil Billingsley again tonight with a touchdown catch. Really looked like the same play they ran against uh, Auburn last week. But this time, no one covered <laughs> Jalil Billingsley. That's tough, Jeff. That 2012 offensive line was really good, but uh, this one's this one's right there, right there. I can't remember if 2012 had some of the penalty stuff that last year's group had more than this year's, but uh, – they're they're uh, they're tough. They're tough to beat right now. Ronnie says Alabama Florida is going to be close. Linebacker question. Um, you know I think they're okay. Um, you know Christian Harris has had a nice stretch here of late. Here's the thing. I mean when you when you talk about a position like linebacker, I don't think about how they did tonight. I, I make I kind of make that cardinal sin. You're not supposed to look three or four games ahead, but for me, it's hard not to look at some matchups down the road, right? You know, if I'm going to think about Alabama's linebackers, I'm going to think about, well, what about Florida? And Florida loves to run those wheel routes with those backs. And so in a couple weeks, you know, if you play man coverage against Florida and you really try to take away Kyle Pitts, they're going to run those backs on the wheel routes. Things like that. Yeah, Rod, I, I sort of agree with that early assertion for Alabama-Florida right now. I, I think Florida will score some points. I mean, Kyle Trask is the real deal. Uh, again, it's not just Kyle Pitts. Tony Grimes is a really good receiver. Uh, Tony is a, a tough matchup. Pitts is a tough matchup. They got a nice stable of backs that can catch the ball, which I think is going to be really important against Alabama. I think that's where you're going to see a lot of the matchups that Florida tries to work come from that area with the passing game, Damian Pierce, um, you know, and those guys. So uh, I think it, it, it has a chance to be a really exciting done uh, game. You know, Ken, I think, you know, I know we're, we're getting way into Florida talk already and still got Arkansas next week, which did you see Nick? He reminded 
CBS that, well, we play Arkansas next week. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's the issue, Bobby, with Florida that I see is when I look at Alabama and Florida right now and, and down the road, the problem for Florida is going to be if Alabama has a lead of any type of significance, I think Alabama is going to be able to control the entire fourth quarter, maybe a lot of the second half with the offensive line and Najee in the run game. I don't see Florida being able to do that. And so even if Florida has a lead, Alabama's built in a way offensively in which it can come back um, if it needs to do that. And, you know, I think I think Alabama's pass rush, if you can't run the ball, you know, against this defense, you're starting to see this pass rush, especially if – you become more predictable or one-dimensional. Like I said, five sacks tonight. Uh, I don't think Florida is is Florida's improved on its offensive line. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But if it gets into sort of a, we got to throw it 50 times to win the game. If you're Florida, you know I think Alabama's pass rush, um, you know could could end up getting there a good bit against. Uh, Kyle Trask. I mean, you saw Tennessee today get to him a few times, but you know that was without their best pass rusher. So look, we got a little time. I know it's going to be here before we know it, but uh, I know a lot of you are enjoying fifty-five to seventeen tonight. Um, and yeah, I think Ronnie that when you look at Alabama right now, win at Arkansas next week, go into the SEC championship game undefeated. Um, you know, win obviously you're the one seed in the college football playoff, and if you lose, uh, you know I, I would think it could come down to some other things, uh, whether or not the SEC would get two teams in at that point. Um, but it would certainly seem favorable that the SEC would. Um, you know, uh, if Clemson beats Notre Dame, what do you do with Ohio State? You know, if Notre Dame beats Clemson again then the SEC uh, could very well get two, whether that's Alabama and A&M, whether that's Florida and Alabama, some type of combination like that. All right, this has kind of been a shorter one, I guess. I think we went for a little while, but I wanted to check in from here in Baton Rouge. Of course, Charlie Potter in town as well, covering the game, doing an outstanding job for us there at BamaOnline.com. We're going to have continuing coverage of Alabama 55, LSU 17, and then we'll start getting you ready. You're going to have Alabama and Arkansas next Saturday from Fayetteville. You'll also have Alabama-Clemson. Speaking of a college football playoff matchup, you're just going to have it in basketball a week from today, December the 12th, same day as Alabama-Arkansas football. You'll have Alabama-Clemson, and Michael's asking about injuries None that I know of. Uh, it seems like Alabama got out of that thing tonight and in uh, in really good shape from a health perspective. You know, you saw Najee again go down for a little bit, but he came back and looked fine. But uh, yeah, I think injuries wise, that's certainly worth noting. Look like Alabama got through it in pretty good shape. All right, Jim, appreciate you too. You guys and gals have a great rest of your evening. Keep it locked to BamaOnline.com. We got you covered on all things Crimson Tide. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 